Hey everybody, welcome to this <laughs> Okay, hold on. Alright, alright, I got it this time. Alright, for sure. This is so good. Absolutely. Tawakero, guys, if you haven't if you haven't tried Tawakero yet. Alright, let's do it, let's do it. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Whiskey Neat. Spirited conversations with interesting people. I'm gonna pour myself. I, I need a pour after this podcast. So guys, there there's a lot of this was I hope I don't come off as too much of a fanboy for this episode, but I tried to keep my wits about me. It was a lot of funny, a lot of hilarious accidental insults. And uh, so this week's episode is with actor-comedian TJ Miller and Cash Levy. They have a podcast called Cashing In with TJ Miller in which Cash Levy interviews comedians every week, but a lot of them stand him up or all of them stand him up. So he just interviews TJ every week. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the podcast. This was a, a first for me, and we got a lot of support from both brands and uh, and just everyone behind the program. So uh, there is excessive language in this episode. Um, I don't want to spoil the episode, but I'll say this. TJ Miller and Cash both, I was I was equally excited to meet both of these guys. I am huge fans, and if you don't watch Cashing In with or listen to Cashing In with T.J. Miller, please pull up Cashing In with T.J. Miller on your Apple, iTunes, Google Play, like literally all podcast platforms. It's been going on for nearly ten years on the Nerdist Podcast Network, and they're fantastic. It was a fun episode, but unfortunately, for those of you watching on Facebook, this is an audio-only podcast. It was everything I hoped for and I loved it. TJ was fantastic. TJ's got a couple things coming up, a couple projects coming up. He didn't have to do this show, but he's always been a fan of whiskey. So uh, he was fantastic. Cash was just amazing. Uh, I'm such a huge fan. So um, it's airing today. If you're listening today, it means it was recorded today. Tonight, they're sold out at the Improv, so, so don't worry. But they're going to be at the Houston Improv tomorrow night. Get your tickets 25 bucks, 30 bucks. I mean, they're very inexpensive. Go watch and meet TJ Miller uh, at the Houston Improv. It's it's going to be a fantastic show. So um, this episode was brought to you by Terlato and Distel. Uh, these guys have been making fine classic single malts like Buna Haben, uh, Deanston. You saw a few episodes ago they were on the show. I'm a huge fan of theirs. Uh, Glenfiddich also sponsored the episode with their Glenfiddich 30. Uh, Danielle and them. Also, frequent hosts on the show. Last week's episode with Irish Whiskey was received incredibly well. Village Liquor, family owned and operated. There are four area locations in Houston. This is our vendor that we use at the Houston Whiskey Social every year, which is one week away. They have been killing it in Houston since the 1980s, like 35 years, 36 years, I think, actually, 1983. Yeah, 1983. They've been around a long time. Village Liquor in Houston, four area locations. Check them out at village-liquor.com. Additionally, Highland Park and McAllen are longtime sponsors. They've been killing it for us for the past few months. I'm a huge fan of Elise. Uh, We tasted through everything on this table in front of you and, and a few other things. It was just fantastic. So I really appreciate it. Um, I think that pretty much covers everything. Yeah. Sweet. Cheers. Um, so what about something for me to spit whiskey? Sure. So I got this here. Are we recording? Yeah, that's yeah, correct. Yeah. So I got a, a spit thing. 
A spit bucket, a glass, a tiny spit bucket. I is, prefer a spittoon. Is it? Yeah, I would love oh, a spittoon. Actually- is a glass a small <laughs> bucket? You know, like is this also a bucket? That is a bucket, and it's also a, as you attach your hand to it, potential it's a ladle. ladle. Yeah, it's you're a right. Ladle. Potential ladle. ladle. Your That's arm is the uh, handle or the handle of the ladle, mm-hmm. and the, yeah. the ladle. Landall, as yeah, they call it. Absolutely. As they call it. As they want to call it. Yeah. One thing you guys have not discussed, unless I missed it so far, is how short can a handle be before it's no longer a ladle? Well, everything's a ladle. That's that's what we've determined. How short Everything. can a handle be? Yeah. So if I recall correctly, your qualifications are if the handle is attached to something, it then becomes yeah, a, ladle. a ladle. Yeah. So you're saying like if it's a, a one-inch handle? Sure. I mean that's still a handle, right? Yeah, it's still a handle. If you can, I think the biggest thing you is, have to be able to grab it. Is can a handle what? be right? Can a handle be circular? <laughs> because you could always put tweezers on the handle, sure, and then that would just become a right, ladle, uh, even more an of a extended, ladle. Yeah, extended. Yeah, then the ladle. tweezers become an yeah, extended yeah. handle to the ladle. Yeah. So, There's also a very strange thing of like, <laughs> you're right. I mean, if you have this and you attach like a globe to it, yeah. Does that count as a handle? If you can grab it, yeah, yeah. sure. Right? Because you yeah. can hold it like yeah. this. Yeah. It's To be honest with you, what we're finding out is it's very hard not to make a ladle. That's right. Everything becomes a ladle. <laughs> well, so our, my listeners are probably wondering what in the hell is going on. So so you guys actually have been doing a – and me and Cash were talking about this beforehand. You guys have been doing a show together for like 10 years, just about. Yeah. Has it been 10 years? I don't, it may have been eight years, but it's been 200 episodes. Yeah. It's called yeah. Cashing in with TJ Miller. Cashing in with TJ Miller. We took a little hiatus, but yeah, Cashing in with TJ Miller has been going on forever. And neither of us have ever, I'm kind of proud of this. We've never done another pod. Like I've never tried to have a different podcast. A lot of stars quit and right. do other podcasts. Right. Yeah. Right. And so you and I. Um, stars, you see blowing smoke <laughs> up his ass. <laughs> no, I like it. So, um, but you didn't even know what a podcast was. <laughs> At all. I mean, in any way, shape, or form. He wasn't on social media, none of it. Yeah. And I said to him. I lived in him, a cave at the time. You did. Yeah, yeah. But you you used to uh, use the torches as terrible ladles. I mean, yeah. those are horrible ladles. Yeah. But you, you kind of, he didn't know what a podcast was. And I tried to explain it to him, and he still he kind of said, "So it's not it's it's not live radio, but it's still radio." And it's, we had yeah. kind of, and um, I actually I got him on Twitter that I think. The day that we decided to do it. Yeah. And what I explained to him was I said, you know, we're having these conversations and all my friends have podcasts. I've been on people's podcasts. And I said, I never wanted to do a podcast, but the conversations that you and I have, I think would make a great podcast. So then we had to kind of figure out what the, and so then I said, well, Cash, what if you had a show? And then you would try and get other guests, but if they don't show up, then I can just be the guest. And then it ended up being what happened. And then now we just sort of meet each other randomly in places, and Cash always has the podcast equipment on him. Yeah. Randomly. And, so then and we'll you guys are on opposite coast too, right? I we mean, are, yeah. I'm in uh, Manhattan, and he's in Manhattan. Yeah. Beach, and uh, so we—I've never done that joke before. So, (laughs) and so we, um, uh, yeah, we try and tour together, and he's—he's sort of a headliner in his own right, and a better comedian than I am. So he's not always available. Most professional website I've ever seen. I mean, there you go. And uh, he, but he's a, um, you know, he does a lot of corporate gigs, and he travels all over, uh, headlining. And so when he's available, we'll perform together, and he kind of does me a favor. 
by by opening for me. It's just a two man show, and then I pay. You know, it's a, I pay him such that it, he is making as much as he would make if he was headlining the club. Sure, which he's still doing me a favor because he's only doing twenty twenty five minutes or thirty minutes. Um, but it's nice because we get to hang out, right? And get to do the pod. And we do the pod. Get to do the. You're doing an episode Drink while whiskey. you're in town. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll probably do two. We try and do two or three uh, per gig. You know, three or four. We're trying to release. How often do you release? Every two weeks. Full yeah, body right? release. Yeah, the full body release. <laughs> the full body release is you know you can go to cashphrases.org if you want to know what all the phrases mean. The full body release is when uh, you are emitting. Uh, Something from each orifice all at the same time. So you would be vomiting, you'd be blowing your nose, crying, puking, urinating. Something would come out shitting. of your ears. Hopefully yeah, urinating. Yeah, <laughs> now, spinning full body releases when you actually spin. Uh, sometimes on the ice as you do that. Yeah, and, uh, it is a disaster yeah. for anyone that's yeah. around you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. really. And you don't want to do those things at a wedding, but that's mostly when it's happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> all my spinning full body releases have been at other people's weddings. When they say, uh, yeah, the part where they say, um, if anyone has any reason why they should not get married, speak now or yeah. forever. And before Good they say the, peace, I just start spinning. Good time for the spinning. Full body race. One thing for this show. You, you can do it on demand then. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's it's mostly when I'm afraid for a union that I don't think should yeah. occur between two human beings. Yeah. One bit of phraseology. You know how some people gag yeah. when they kind of smell like certain foods and things? It's that for me, but instead of smelling foods, it's, a it's full body getting a whiff of a commit a committed relationship that's going to dissolve and eventually kind of break <laughs> sure. down. I was about may, to show you a picture of my wife, and I'm now I'm afraid to that I might do just go full for body. No, but you guys everyone. have already made that vow, yeah, you yeah. know. It's too late for TJ. Can we see a picture of your wife? <laughs> Is that weird? Were you no, joking? no, I can show you. Yeah. Yeah, she's way out of my league, though, so just try not to I say yeah. that a lot because I was in a movie called She's Out of My League, and most it's of the guys movie. that come to my shows are dating up or married up. Cash and I did that. Yeah. Although, Cash, would you say that you kind of married up when it comes to April, or would you say that she kind of got lucky? Well, you know, for, for the purposes of the show, I'll say that I got lucky. There you go. And that I married up. Behind I was closed say, doors, you married a baby? <laughs> you see, that's, no, that's a picture of my daughter. <laughs> I was like, who the hell's marrying babies these days? We have a few kids. I'll, I'll show you that. So that's, How that's many my kids? Wife. Whoa, she is out of your league. Yeah. Wow. She's so, very pensive in that uh, picture. Yes, uh, it was yeah, our wedding thoughtful. anniversary. We've been together. Uh, that was your anniversary. She was like, yeah. was it worth it? Ah, she was like, I wish somebody had full bodily released it. <laughs> Looking into the distance. <laughs> Where was TJ when I needed Did I do him? the right thing? Where? You know, for the purpose of this show, terminology-wise, there's another phrase we use on the show. When you get really drunk, you're uh, twinkered. Oh, it's so you say that getting oh, twinkered. Still in my notes here? I had a yeah. question oh, about yeah. it. Yeah. Well, when you're really super, super hammered, that's a uh, spit-twinkered. Spit-twinkered. Yeah. And then there's Spitoinkerville when you say, I'm, I'm in Spitoinkerville right now. And then once in a while, housed. people have seen the city lights of Yonderland, but no one's ever been there. And if anybody claims they've been to Yonderland, that's just, that's beyond drunk. That's yeah. a place where no one's ever been. Well, I think but you can you see die, the city you lights. You die in Yonderland, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, that's yeah, kind yeah. of the great hereafter, yeah. thereafter. So if you say, I was Where really, after? I was in Spitoinkerville the other day. And I could see the city lights of Yonderland. That's about as far as it can go so, if, you, if you like drinking. For sure. And that's actually – so cashphrases.org is actually a reference to literally all the inside lingo on your show. Yeah. Uh, I went through to kind of see if I could find a few yeah. things. Yeah. I saw Spatoinkard and – 
Toinkard, and they both just said really drunk. I was going to ask you what the difference was. Yeah, that's the difference. Spit Toinkard is the worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So Spit Toinkard. You say, I'm Toinkard. You could almost drive if you're Toinkard. I mean, you can't, but you should probably wait a few hours. If you're Toinkard, I'm pretty Toinkard. But if you're Spit Toinkard, you're done. Things are getting out of hand. So when you're, when you're Spit Toinkard, you're a little more Toinkard than when you're just Toinkard. Yeah, yeah. Anyone ever tell you that you talk in cursive? No. <laughs> what a, that's a hilarious thing. It's a bad thing to say to no, someone? No, that's a great thing to say to someone. I wish I had single and I could use that tonight in some type of uh, sexual yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You, you, luring. Did you say luring? <laughs> wish I could use that to lure a woman in. I'm speaking cursive. Um, no, I've never heard that yeah, in my you, life, you, but I you, think K8 will really like that. Yeah, you talk like you're signing an autograph. Like it's a, it's a, it's a flow wow. of words that kind of all, no word ends. They all kind of run together in a great. <laughs> <beautiful way. laughs> That's the ultimate. Uh, no, I've never, yeah, I've never heard. That's it. the ultimate compliment. I think I might use that with somebody. I definitely mean point. it as a compliment because yeah. I think it's what's been so iconic about your voice. And my children love children's movies, and you're in a shit ton of them. So, I mean, between Tough Nut and you know, Big Hero Six, yeah. So that's that's a we took our our barrel. We did a. That's one of the nicest things anyone's ever said to me. Definitely meant as a compliment. Uh, we we. But did, the fact that you keep saying that you mean it as a compliment makes me concerned. <laughs> to be with you. Sorry, sorry. Definitely, definitely mean it as a compliment. Like when I say it, I'm I'm complimenting you. Oh, it's man. meant to be uh, positive. Yeah. In well, its connotation. <laughs> um, but I mean that in the best possible in way. The best possible over and over yeah. again. Uh, no, so, yeah, wait, so what, what the hell is this? Yeah, so our group, our bourbon group, did a whole barrel series centered around the movie Reservoir Dogs. We picked a barrel, gave it a name from one of the characters, Mr. Pink, Mr. Blue, Elijah Craig, Russell's Reserve, all bourbon-related stuff. Right. We wanted to do something about Nice Guy Eddie, the guy that kind of did the, the whole ring of, you know, organized the, the movie's crime, the bank robbery, yeah. and uh, the one that went wrong. And so we barrel-aged our uh, Southern Star up in uh, Conroe. We took their barrel-aged out. Put it in our barrels, added coconut and vanilla, and so it's it's a you know not as heavy as you think, but it's definitely not something you want to drink a lot of. It's real we sweet. Barrel aged, nice you know, we we barrel age a lot of our uh, episodes just yeah. before yeah. release. Sometimes we cold filter them. But you we know, use. one year of my life I was completely barrel aged. You were barrel aged, yeah. so I was wearing a barrel for yeah. that entire year. <laughs> yeah. So as I aged, I was in the barrels for barrel aged year. It was yeah. actually my thirty fourth year on this planet. But if you're just if you step in a barrel and then step out of a barrel, is that still not barrel aged? No, I mean if yeah, because you're older when you got out of the yeah, barrel. Yeah, yeah. if you've ever been in a barrel, uh, you've been barrel. You've aged. been barrel aged. I was barrel aged. I went down the Niagara Falls. In fact, I was you just went, yeah. say, we went. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you really? He yeah, we were. We were in the, in the Niagara Falls. We both went down it. We went over the Niagara Falls in a barrel. I guess yeah. aging all you the way. You brought a penny farthing with you. I did yeah. in the back of the toboggan. Right? All part of the lore of the of the of the, the podcast. podcast. So I'm I'm obviously not going to ingest any of this alcohol, but I do want to taste it and spit it. Sure. Tastes like almond joy. I think it does. Oh, that's fantastic. I wow, that's like it. that's better than most beers, to be honest with you. And I don't really like stouts. Oh, it has coconut in it. Yeah, yeah. That's why it tastes like almond joy yeah. and not yeah. mounds. Yeah. Fuck mounds. I, I, mounds don't I, mounds isn't barrel. I did not know that. I didn't, I didn't know that. Uh almond joy is really truly a joy, and mounds is just a pile of shit. <laughs> Mountain joy. Is a real happiness, and mounds is just a pile. Yeah, of I mean, there's a whole order of things you'd want to get on Halloween, and I think those are, you know, mounds is at the bottom, pretty low on the list. Yeah, and you know, people say sometimes you feel like a nut. When do you not feel like who who has eaten an almond joy and been like, this would be great? 
if there wasn't an almond in it. And it's only one almond. It's yeah. like a cake without frosting. Yeah. I um, There you go. I like how you moved on for that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like a cake without frosting. Um, we, uh, we'll be right back with Elijah <laughs> Actually, no, Craig. We don't even have to cut the com- – we can just do this straight through, right? Yeah. So I, in, I hear in your heyday you were a fan of Habiki. So I, I made a few phone calls and tracked down a couple of rare bottles. I can't believe that you were able to do that. And I, as you know, my heyday was when I used to sleep in a barn. That was, that was the real heyday. Was that before or after the barrel? I was sleeping that, – that was pre-barrel – uh, post bucket, <laughs> pre barrel post bucket. Um, yeah, Hibiki is easily. First of all, it's really the only whiskey that Kate will drink. Oh, really? And it's that seventeen because you see, you got what's the other the one? The twenty one. Mm-hmm. And the twenty one is quite good, but it's not. It's, the seventeen was aged in. See, this is actually you know about this stuff. Um, the seventeen is is aged in a, um, a cherry oak cask. Okay. And so it has a sweetness to it that you just can't even really Fat. believe. You just Fat can't on. even Yeah. And so Kate um just loves this. She drink but now you can, they don't make it anymore. Yeah, they're starting to get rid of their age statements. I'm really surprised that um that you said their age statements. Yeah, so Anytime you put a, n- a number on there, an age, yeah. that's an age statement. Okay. There's a legal requirement that nothing could be younger than 17 because it right. says 17. And it's just so popular that they can't keep up with demand. They're getting rid of all their age statements. So now what they have – Japanese Harmony. Hibiki Harmony. So that's called a no-age-stated whiskey. It's a NOS. A lot of people get pissed off because you pay around the same price, but it's no longer got this old statement, and it's got a lot of younger whiskey in it. And it's not as good. It's it's really right. – Japanese Harmony is good. Uh, the Habiki harmonies. This is fantastic. This is amazing. Listen, Cheers, you guys. You guys might nice be just a taste. She's you, you guys might 17. be spitting, but I'm definitely not. I left myself open for that one. We'll skip right over that. <clears throat> oh my god. Yeah, it's got a really. I'm not a huge fan of Japanese whiskeys. There's a lot of them I just can't get behind. Habiki is one, and Nika, I can get behind I Nika. Do, I do, Nika, they've got that uh, coffee. Coffee grain and coffee And milk. I can't stand that. Really? I really don't like it. And then the other, the uh, Yama. Yamazaki. Yamazaki. I, I, I don't care, care for that. And then what's the other famous one? It's Habiki, Yamazaki, and then there's one other one. That's Japanese? Yeah. Um, and it's not Nika. Kobe. Kobe beefy. Wag, wagyu, mm-hmm. wagyu. Wagyu. <laughs> wagyu whiskey. Uh, no, I can't remember the other one, but there's a, a sort of third. It's kind of the Glenfiddich, as I learned it's pronounced. Um, there's Glenfiddich, McAllen. Sure, and, iconic uh, names. Yeah, when, what's the third one that also starts with a G? Glenmorangie, G, Balvini, Glenfiddich, Glenlivet. Glenlivet. So gl- the Glen, there's a Glenlivet, Glenfiddich, and McAllen in Japan. And Suntory makes, which is oh. the Coca-Cola of it. Yeah, Suntory so makes. it's Nika. Yeah, Suntory owns Nika. No, nah, then maybe it's a different one. Sure. Uh, I mean, well, I'll look Cavalon, but Cavalon's Taiwan. I'm not afraid to look stuff up on your Do program. It. Do it. No one watches anyway. That one had a little kick to it. Yeah. Well, so you're drinking yeah, I straight. I just say that no after water. I drink anything. I, I know. He always yeah. says I, that. I say it doesn't iced tea, anything. I'll just one say time a, water even. One That's time a mule kick. hoofed him in the side of his head, and he kick. said, that had some real kick to it. <laughs> Uh, but it, I mean, alcohol just—it's—it's it's much stronger than it was when we were kids, you know. Sure, it's like um, it's, it's not, marijuana. It's not, the, it's not the way. He's I mean, just loving. You know, it used to be, you know, when you're kids. I mean, it was. 
Back then, you could drink as much as you wanted, but f- just full bottles of alcohol, and now it's much stronger. Are you doing that thing that <laughs> people do when they don't know anything about a subject, so they kind of play their way through it by using <laughs> generalized statements? You know, he's been. No, ju- I've been working you on this. Got some I've been working on that it. idea that alcohol is more like marijuana, where it's different now. Sure. Because it's absolutely not. Yeah. Because like cause he it thinks it's really funny to be like, you know, beer used to be so mild. Yeah. <laughs> and now the beer that people yeah. are buying nowadays yeah, is just too strong. Yeah. It's, you know, you don't even know what to do yeah. with it. Um, I'm seeing. Speaking of a two man act, by the way, yeah. I've seen that a lot more now. Is that becoming more common to not have an opener and a feature? Um, maybe. Well, because I know we both like Tom to do did. as much time as you we know. What can you're and... right. Mm. What's happening? Here's what it is: is Nika. Whatever Suntory was making before Nika, they just eliminated and made it into Nika. Because that's like kind of the new hot brand. Like in Manhattan, sure. they're almost everywhere carries Nika um, and Hibiki, and places have stopped carrying Yamazaki. Now, Beam also makes something now called Toki. Toki. And they've got another one called Roku, but that's not a television service. <laughs> and you can do the Toki Pokey yeah. and find out what that whiskey's all about. The name's TJ. TJ. Uh, Cash said today, I'm going to blow all of the things that you want to do on the show. Cash said today that he doesn't like people who have a middle initial as much as. Oh, of course. So William H. Macy. Yeah, he's a he's piece of shit. Yeah, he's <laughs> a piece of shit. These are personal license plates of names. Like you know how you're not going to like people with personalized license plates. <laughs> but, but and, I, and I don't really like. I couldn't believe he have... said this though. Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, it's, he said he goes. It's a detriment. I just don't like him as much because he's got the L. Yeah, so, it's pretentious. Yeah. So what about those who have the first name is just an initial? Right. Well, that doesn't like bother T, me. J, no, that, that doesn't bother <laughs> well, me. Well, I told him that I have um, my name could be pronounced like William H Macy. I'm T. Jay Miller. You, you should absolutely go by that. I'm going to start yeah. saying that. Hey, look, I'm T. What was Jay the guy Miller. that killed JFK? Uh, that's not initials. Disregard. I screwed that up. Lee H. Oswald. You know, oh, speaking wow. of names, you know IMDb's got your name butchered. Really? They said you were born Cassius Clay. <laughs> well. Is that uh, real? Yeah. There are those that think I am the, the boxer. It's, Cassius is like, is yeah. your well, name? We'll have to talk about that after we get sure. off the air. There's been a lot of disputes over who Whether I really you am. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're in witness protection. Who on I claim right I now. am. Yeah. yeah. He's, he had to, he I've got a lot of. famous boxer. I have some hobbies then, which I need to keep kind of low profile. And then what he had to do profile. was he went into witness protection because mm-hmm. he turned over a lot of organized crime bosses and a larger, very good African American boxer became Muhammad Ali. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, and Cash became Cash Levy. Cash is Clay became Cash Levy. And, Entered the wild world of stand-up comedy. Yeah. It's a strange long odyssey it's that a, you'll yeah. see a uh, a not even a Netflix documentary or a Hulu. Doc, it's going to be a Roku documentary. Well, sure. Roku's doing all original content. They are. It's it's, it's it's a series called Behind the Podcast, and it, you know on VH1 uh, behind the cash. Yeah, behind the well, you know behind well, the well, music. We also talked about this. It is very strange to me that. He he actually has his own spinoff podcast, and it's called Cash Withdrawal. Which I, is I very saw it. Clever, yeah. um, but I both of us realized recently why doesn't he have a podcast called Podcash? But uh, I think now, we, but we've just discovered there might be one called that already. Well, you've got Someone's this look that. about you, yeah. like you you look like someone that could be in witness protection. Like well, if, thank if you. If you, I, don't, you mean that as a compliment, I mean, as don't a you? Compliment. Yeah. He <laughs> speaks, say, he speaks I speak in cursive. cursive. You look like you're... <laughs> you could be a convict. <laughs> you look you like, like you're a, convict. a criminal in hiding. <laughs> so you, you're D.B. Cooper. Just say it. Just say you're D.B. Cooper. 
I also brought um, some. Uh, are you a bourbon fan or only Japanese? Um, I like all of it. So I brought a little pappy. I'm, I'm sort of. I'm a fan of all of it. You know. Sure. I think it's all really interesting. I think I like gin the best. I brought gin. Uh, there was a company that heard you were coming on, and they were like, "Give TJ these samples." And I was yeah. like, "Well, if you can meet me at this," and I didn't show up. Um, so <laughs> I've got, uh, I do have some gins, but you know what gin is? It's just flavored vodka. It's the original flavored vodka. They would distill it, and then they would put a basket full of botanicals and flowers and and all these little this this vegetal matter, and they would distill it, and the smoke would go the distillate would go through the basket, picking up grassy notes. Gin's just the original Gin-able. flavored vodka. Yeah. Well, actually, vodka is the original unflavored gin because gin was the first thing. And here's why. Gin was the first uh, epidemic. You know, remember there was a crack epidemic like in the 80s? The first, I read all about it. There was, was a, a gin era. epidemic. Yeah, funny era. Because gin was one of the first uh, alcohols that was readily available to everybody. Sure. So alcohol Price used range. to only, yeah. And so people were getting so <laughs> drunk in uh, in England and having orgies in the streets. I mean, imagine. That's when, when Rick James was gin, I heard. Really? Yeah, before the crack <laughs> epidemic. <laughs> Jesus, that's what happened. And then they started, you know, mixing it with juice, and that's when the gin and juice. Well, that's when Snoop Dogg yeah. really came into his. Yeah. Own. So this is a very historical show today. We're really kind we're of really digging, do- deep, we're digging just into to get it. down to the bottom. I heard Snoop Dogg was top, coming yeah. out with a more stronger, more concentrated uh, strain of gin. The- <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, you know what they're doing with all these gins now? They're they're just stronger than they used to be. Well, yeah, and I mean the juice has different amounts of sugar than it used to have when we were kids too. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's things change. There's marijuana in the juice now. Yeah, too. they actually do sell CBD juices in do they? New York now. Yeah, you should have a spin-off so show where people smoke marijuana and drink the. Whiskey. Oh, I would love to do. Uh, uh, I would never be a guest on getting Doug with high, but I would love to get him in here and get him a few whiskey. I can't. Yeah. I can't say I get him drunk, but uh, Doug Benson in here after a few would I think yeah. would be really entertaining. Or you could do a show called yeah. Whiskey uh, Sweet and Sour, where you eat I come sweet in here, and I, sour. I, I, or I come Sweet in here and just bitch yeah. about Asian people. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't where I was going. We are we are truly in Texas. <laughs> that, that was like what, something that you both said, and you go, "I'm just kidding." <laughs> like I, you preface it with, "I'm not racist." I just thought you no, I enjoy the sweet and sour bit, shrimp. I, enjoy you were, bit, yeah. I like though that you come here and bitch about Asian people, but it's sweet and sour, so it's both bitching about Asian people, but also saying really sweet things about them. Yeah. So you're like sweet and sour, and so you're just drinking with. Going, I'll tell you what, sometimes I feel like they can't drive. Other times I think about they keep a clean car. <laughs> I uh, I come in here and I say something nice about someone before I insult them immediately after. And Jackie mm-hmm. Chan makes some really good movies, but I hear he's a piece of shit as a person. Yeah. <laughs> Just like right after. But I heard that he licks other people's babies. He's the type of guy that asks for the receipt at the ATM and then just leaves it on top of the ATM. Uh, is, that, is that the kind of person that bothers you? Uh, it, yeah. It, it, well, yeah, in Texas for sure. It bothers me more when uh, a stranger licks your baby. Yeah. How often does that happen? Well, we don't have a baby, but I've licked a lot of babies. <laughs> I tell you, it bothers me even seems- when I do it. Yeah. <laughs> So, with that being said, I want to pour you another one. With I, that being said, I, I, now that that's been said, the now, whole now that that's baby licking thing. Yeah. Listen, I'm not going to segues. As we, as we move past the baby licking sequence, 
of the show. Now that we've baby, dealt with the baby, baby licking chunk <laughs> of the baby show. Well, I've been sequence. I've been dying to address something with Cash for a while yeah. now, ever since I heard it. But you mentioned a while back, and I don't know if you recall this, being as busy as you are and all over the map. Uh, you said that some woman after your show likened you to a turtle. And you were really yeah. offended because... A sea turtle, right? Yeah, no, it was the turtle in Finding Nemo. Sure. Oh, God, she yeah, goes, no. you remind me of the turtle in Finding Nemo. She's like, no offense. I'm like, yeah. oh, I don't know how much of a well, compliment Well, she meant it as is. a compliment. Yeah, yeah. and then she says, and you look like you probably should be in witness protection. So she said, I'm, she reiterated over and over again, it she was really a compliment. No, she didn't say anything about me speaking like I speak in curs- cursive. She, sure. She, she brought up the turtle thing and... Uh, People say the darndest things after shows, you know? Also, as soon as the show starts, sometimes they accidentally say the darndest things. Yeah. Yeah. My show right now. But, uh, yell it out. You said that you didn't, you wished it was something more virile that she compared you to. Yeah. And, uh, so I don't know if you knew this, but I knew this. And as soon as you said it, it uh, it sent a red flag off. Uh, turtles have enormous penises. Really? (laughs) So I wanted to just show you. My God, that's a picture of a turtle dick. Wow, that's, that looks like a tail. So Look at if, the cock on that turtle. Not, How often do you hear that? Yeah, if that's not virile, I don't know what is, man. I mean, this show hasn't yeah, been at all. When I curse. Yeah. This show hasn't at all well, been what fuck I. Fuck me, turtley. What did you that do? turtle's got a dick like a fucking elephant. Damn it. Holy it. human shit. <laughs> so, uh, that I, turtle could fuck me all the way across the Galapagos. Well, you know, I, it's funny because I did do that show naked, so maybe that's what she was referring What's to. What's the show? Oh, that show that naked. That particular yeah. performance. He, yeah. he, he had his old sometimes turtle I, dick out flapping in I, the wind. Sometimes I hang it and dangle it during the show. So, old turtle cock. Yeah. I, I, had, I had so <laughs> many reservations. <laughs> I'll bring that up cock. on the show. Hard, uh, hard shell. They call me Cash, but you can call me Old Turtlecock. Yeah, I got a hard shell around the outside, but it's squishy in the middle. And it's about 130 years old, and it moves real slow. Oh boy, Old uh, Tortoise thank you. Penis. You bothered to listen to our show? I've been listening to it for and a then, long time. Yeah, and then so and then you. Oh, we, I know you. You're right. I don't care. Photocopied a. Uh, picture of a turtle penis and brought it to the this is i just wanted you to know that i thought that was hand drawn you come ready you come ready as someone who says things and go go ahead here's another one right here so as someone who says things and it doesn't always get received as a compliment and besides me reiterating it i can simply show a photo yeah that i'm great her compliment of you in my mind i'm thinking that's That's as virile as it gets yeah how often do you think a woman's like hey fuck me like a turtle (laughs) and you're like and you're like do you mean you want me to fuck you as if you were a turtle? Really and she's slow. like, no, 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 fuck me as if you were a turtle. And I say, well, why don't you just say it like that, Kate? And she says, you shell-dicked motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I want that I want that old turtle cock back in the, in the ocean where it belongs. Uh, oh, my God. Slow uh, and steady, Rins. <laughs> slow and steady wins, wins the pussy. Wins the race. Jesus Christ! I mean, you got you got. How much of this big, is usable? Though? Here's the uh, thing: you're, you're in much. big you're in big trouble because once I found out that he has to mark down when I cuss, I it's was a big like, producer's "Holy job, yeah. turtle cock! This is going to be quite a turtle dick turtle, of a day." I, turtle cock isn't a, isn't a, isn't a bad word. Though, Not when right? you're using it accurately. I told yeah. someone recently. I've, well, I'm talking about a turtle rooster. Mm-hmm. Oh, turtle yeah. cock. Yeah, well, of course. I, I found it recently. When I, I say turtle dick, I'm talking about a detective turtle. <laughs> Old turtle detective. Oh, my face is red. I found out recently. I well, can't. that's because you're embarrassed that you've been insulting us and continuing. <laughs> Have I been insulting? No, 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 no. Not intentionally. 
No, I'm, I'm teasing you. I uh, no, I found out you can't say butthole on the radio if you're referring to your actual butthole. But I can call you a butthole. What? Yeah, so I can say this guy's a butthole. I can't say my butthole itches. Why? Why don't? Why don't? That <laughs> gets bleeped. <laughs> that gets bleeped. I gotta say, um, whenever I refer to my own butthole. I'm talking about my friend who's a real butthole. Talk so I'll be like, own. my butthole itches, and it's just my buddy Derek who's got uh, psoriasis. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's all jokes. These are all jokes. <laughs> and then what do we think about uh, the fact that we should be calling people butthole more? I mean, asshole's not a very you good... You know what I call people asshole. when I'm angry? I'm like, he's an a-hole sour. Yeah, you do call him a-hole sour. You, you put sour on the end of a-hole, it gives it a little kick. It's and if you call extra. it an a-hole sweet and sour, they stands for Asian. <laughs> yeah, then, then, then it's racial. Yeah. But but I'm, I, we got to start doing that. I just say, I'm going to do that to hecklers. I'm gonna be like, you know what? You're acting like a real butthole right now, okay? So quit being such a butt pirate. <laughs> Why don't we use that one either? Is butt pirate something that you have to write down? It's It seems like you're mm. skewing towards... Uh, uh, kind of being a turtle cock about it. Yeah, a little bit. Old tortoise dick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's Pappy Van Winkle twenty. So tell us You've about had this. that, right? Well, no, I haven't. But we had a we had a joke sure. about it. Cheers. I'll take it. Cheers, guys. We had a joke, with- sorry, we had a joke about it on Silicon Valley. Oh, uh, well, I remember the bottle showing up in Silicon Valley, but someone actually asked me to ask you about the, which I'm sure you get asked about a lot, the famous 10-minute dick joke that took place on the show. Yes. The greatest dick joke ever told. It's the greatest dick joke that's ever been told. What did they ask you to ask me about? Well, just say, and I I said the same thing. They said, ask him about it. I said, ask him what about it? It's the greatest thing that's ever been said, and... Like, what about it, you know? Like, did you have any input on that? Well, it's the best take. No, that was the writers. And the writers came up with this. And it's, I mean, that's my judge. But I think they, as they developed it, they realized that it might be the best dick joke that's ever been on television because it makes sense on so many different levels. I have this really funny Jewish joke right now that's, like, funny on three or four different levels. It's an old, it's a stock joke. It's a vaudevillian joke. Um, but, and now I think I should tell it so all this makes sense. Um, so this Jewish boy comes home from his Jewish school and he runs up to his Jewish mother and he says, mom, mom, I got a part in the play. And his mom says, what part did you get? He says, I got the part of the Jewish husband. And she says, go back and tell them you want a speaking part. And that is so funny for like five different reasons. Sure. It's the, it's the Jewish mothers are so proud of their kids, but they also want them, you know, they would demand that they get a better part. It's funny because the Jewish husband, it's, that means it's not a speaking part. Uh, it's just, it's, it's very, very, very funny. And, um, that dick joke kind of had similar layers. They're, this is how these nerds talk. Once they get into, they're not even nerds. It's kind of like coders and tech people. They do. They start to go down the rabbit hole of talking. Like I'm friends with the Winklevoss twins and they get into these blockchain holes or we get into talking about content or cryptocurrency stuff. Sure. And you just kind of can't stop coming up with all different because you're sort of a scientist, but it's all conceptual in the beginning. And so they would talk about, you know, the dick to floor ratio that much. And then you would also, you know, the, the, so it's, it's the idea that something that starts out as kind of dirty, which is just Ehrlich talking about jacking off every, 
you know, jack off every guy in the audience slowly morphs into really being about, um, the logistics of jacking off an entire audience full of people and the most efficient way to jack off all those people. And it stops even really being about, I also like that it transcends sexuality and becomes asexual, which is also very reminiscent of this tech sort of culture that, you know, and they talk about how much misogyny and stuff there is. And my experience, a lot of the tech culture is pretty asexual. It's just, everyone is so, machine oriented and so we really do stop thinking about the fact that Ehrlich would really not want to jack guys off in the audience and we start thinking well what would be the most efficient way for him to jack off all those guys and what we never really entered into the equation is if there's turtles in the audience that's going to take longer because they got those big old turtle cocks (laughs) I'm talking turtle dick times 10 baby What's your TDDF turtle dick to floor ratio? He almost went a full sixty seconds of like normal, like and, uh, the, talking about how smart people again. are. It all comes back to the real thing, turtle cock. I mean, I agree with you. Watching that whole sequence, it transcends the immaturity of the subject matter and becomes more like almost you. You appreciate how uh, just a magnificent the whole thing is and how you pull it off in such a a it's too bad it was one of those moments where once i saw it i kind of went i don't know if it's gonna get funnier than this and i definitely don't think that the show peaked at that point in fact i was really lucky to be a pretty funny part i got to do two of the that you know dick to floor ratio that whole dick joke thing was amazing but when i slapped the the kid for giving us fake Adderall and call him a cunt. That's an amazing use of HBO's R rating. Like they tried another thing, which was pretty funny, which they showed full on horse to horse penetration. And I remember that episode. <laughs> and so how can you forget it? And, uh, and you know, that's really interesting because when your R rating isn't about cuss words or sex, what do you do with it? And so that was really funny because it's also Ehrlich was this character that just was so despicable and brash and brazen. Selfish. Um, they is could the really word I go anything. Of. Yeah, yeah. He's pretty selfish, but you know, then you think about it. And he's do- he does quite a few selfless things in the show. That's why I think people like the characters because all of those characters have a lot of. Um, they're very dynamic. They have a lot of kind of complexity to them but Ehrlich's a very complicated guy that we all know all think is funny but is you we just look at him and we're like God, what a turtle dicked motherfucker <laughs> well he's the type of guy that you you still like him even though there's no reason to like him right other than those moments of genuine like awesomeness well and he that's that's one of the reasons i left was i i really had gotten to the point where i was like We've run out of reasons that they would keep putting up with him. And so even in the show, they kept writing things and it just felt – and that's that's when your shows jump the shark. That's fine. You can just – Here, thinking. you put it in the spit bucket. I got this one. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, no, but no it would be the thing of like uh, – wait, was that the Hibiki 17? Yeah. Don't waste that. No, that's that. That light one? Yeah, yeah. That's probably it. Keep that over there. Okay. Um because we can put that back in this and then I can give this to my wife. Um, so, uh, you know, it's the turtle's penis isn't as, oh wait, sorry. So I, I felt like, I feel like, yeah, I feel like the early character got to a place where they just, you know, even the writers were trying to, and that's when the show really jumps. The shark is when the character is funny, but 
the reasons for him being there, the plot lines, the stories that he's involved in just feel forced. And then that's it. Shit's Creek almost did that on this, their fifth season, their first two episodes. Kate and I were like, no, 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 because we were so scared. We love that show so much, but then they found their stride and, and they got it going. Can you, I mean, can you take pleasure in shows the same way a civilian can without, or does it, do you find yourself kind of really looking at how a show's written as you're watching, like so a lot of times, I think someone like myself wouldn't even notice until it becomes too obvious. Like some shows get so bad. I loved, uh, you know, in 2002, I loved uh, Smallville. I was, you know, I was in high school. It was like the era of super, the first comic book era of television. Right. I love the show, but at, at some point, it becomes so brazenly garbage that anyone can notice. Do you guys, do you find yourself noticing before? Civilians do? Well, I, mean, I you know, I don't have a lot of contact with civilians. <laughs> Just I'm like isolated in a fortress somewhere in Manhattan. Um, no, I mean, I think, you know, do you watch much television? What little television I watch, I feel like sitcoms fall apart when they try to have things be too plot driven. Mm-hmm. And they want to... You know, have That's something meaningful happen right. towards the end yeah. uh, of the of the run because they're running out of ideas. They usually have two characters start to break up that would never break up. Things of this nature, sure. and I think they lose their uh, their focus when they do that. Well, it's interesting you say that. So we so we started watching Shit's Creek, and I forget how we came across it, but we started watching, and it was we couldn't believe how funny it was. I mean, it's you know, it's just Green Acres. So it's just a really rich family having to move out to the sticks. But it's this Canadian show. It's Catherine O'Hara, Eugene Levy, um, Eugene Levy. Sorry, I'm used to saying, I'm used to pronouncing Levy as Levy because of Cash Levy. Um, Eugene Levy, Dan Levy. (laughs) And the T stands for a turtle cock. (laughs) Uh, No, I think that. you know, we just we we really liked it, and I also knew Dustin Milligan is um, this guy who was in the movie Extract that I did with Mike Judge, and his great movie. Uh, fiance actually, yeah, that's a good one, right? Um, his fiance actually is Amanda Crew from Silicon Valley, who's also Canadian. So is that the uh, kind of stoic robotic? No, it's the it's the girl who's been there from the get go, from the very beginning. So it's Monica. So she's okay. That's another thing. When I left that show, I was like, "This will be great because it'll give more room for Thomas Middleditch, who's really funny. All those guys are really really funny, but also specifically, it'll give more room for Amanda Crew and Jimmy O Yang. And I just found that they gave Jimmy O Yang more stuff, but it wasn't as funny as I was hoping it would be because he's sure. so funny. Well, the way you guys played off each other, yeah, that was so. really fun. And then Amanda Crew, they just kind of didn't give her more, and she's really funny. Like she has a really good, subtle, strong, strong sense of humor. They just weren't utilizing her enough. But um, you know, we watched Shit's Creek, and I think to answer your question, I kind of enjoy things differently than civilians, but that doesn't mean I enjoy it any less. So when I, it's kind of like, you know, when I watch Children of Men, I'm sort of researching, you know, I'm, I'm researching uh, certain shots and interviews with the director and I'm watching and, and I notice all of the set design and that stuff. But then that gets me excited about certain stuff. I go, oh my God, that's Picasso's Guernica again. There, there we go with that. So little things like that. But, um, I watched Annie Hall five times in two days recently. 
And I just, I just could not stop laughing. I mean, it just, it's, it will never stop being hilarious. a perfect movie and also just like hilarious. Yeah. It's just so funny. Every single scene, you're like, it can't get funny. And then it is, but it's, it's, it's the difference between watching something and enjoying it and st- studying something and enjoying the study of it. So like I've been to the Warhol exhibit at the Whitney probably 20 times. And I think a lot of people go through there and they're like, Oh, that's, you know, that's pretty cool. Or, Oh, look at that. That's a really big painting, you know? It's a, and I know every, I'm a Warhol scholar. So I know every single moment of his life and when this was painted, when and all that sort of stuff. But it was really interesting for me to kind of sit and look at this, the Campbell soup cans arranged in the way they are and then go, Oh, wow. This is actually really terrifying. And, and I don't know if a civilian would get that from that. But because I've studied it so much, I realize that it's very imposing and scary because it sort of forces you to realize that we're being um, bullied into being unique within a very small framework. So they're like, here are the 32 variations of Campbell's soup, but all these soup cans look the same. All of them, this is your only options for the, you, we, you have to eat Campbell's because that's the only soup that you see in front of you. And there's so many different versions of it that you would, that's the paradox of choice. You would sort of rather it just be, you know, three variations or something like that. So I, I think, you know, it's different. But as we were watching Shit's Creek, we just thought season after season was fantastic. And this fifth season, the, all the sexual tension between people, all that kind of stuff all went away. And then the two main characters, the brother and sister, started dating the people that they had been pursuing. So now they're in relationships. And the first episode, they like, because one of them took a cosmopolitan dating quiz and it came up that they need to inject some excitement into it, they all go zip lining. And Kate and I watched that episode and at the end of it, we're like, what the fuck just happened to our favorite show? What in the turtle cock could have happened? When it comes to this, you know, and so we, and it was, it was, they kind of had leaned on plot and it didn't seem like they needed it. But then about the third episode, we got excited because they kind of, um, self-corrected. Yeah. They, they understood, they began to figure out what was funny about these characters when they were in a relationship, not what they needed to do now that they were in a relationship. Cause you have to kind of find out what's funny about these people that where there's no longer tension between the two of them. And they just found kind of new tension, like different tensions. So it's, I it I feel like Schitt's Creek almost jumped the shark, and then it didn't. And I haven't seen all of Silicon Valley that last season, but they like pushed this season another year, so they're not. It's not going to come out till 2020. And I just felt like I've never known anybody who's like my favorite season, The Sopranos season seven. Like it's just you don't after five seasons, it's really tough. To make a show great. That's why I think uh, the British uh, people, the people of Britain, um, they kind of, you know, they sort of let go of it after a few seasons. Yeah, there was a, a great show called Justified that just ended just because they felt it was time to end. They ended on top. Their ratings were at the peak. They weren't hurting anymore. Or they weren't hurting. They weren't struggling to, like, build a brand. And they just said, you know what, this show is perfect as is. Let's just end it. And That's why some people are like, what, like today somebody goes, do you are you guys gonna make a Deadpool three? And I was like, I don't know, because I'm contracted to do it. So I don't know, but I kind of hope they don't, 
because the second one could have been bad and it wasn't. It was great. But the third hangover was terrible. Oh, 100%. And now when you think of the hangover, you don't think just of it being a perfect movie or a perfect movie with a great sequel. You think of it as something that they cashed in on a third installment that sucked. During your interview on Hot Ones, which if you have Daring or during? During. Sorry. Daring to watch it. During your interview on Hot Ones, uh, if you guys don't know what that is, it's a great interview show way better than this one i don't you, think so you i taste, was just gonna say i don't know you taste through hot wings they get rather would be tasting whiskeys progressively hotter and then sean evans uh you know interviews you you mentioned specifically that he's uh, pretty good he's pretty good at uh, he's very robotic and stoic and like perfect i well, think he's, he's just, great at his job but he's really good at eating those fucking wings i can't believe unfaced he's... unemotional it's, whatsoever it's unreal and that's it's hot man i was like wow during your interview, you mentioned Zoolander was over, and I could not agree with you more. It was such a perfect – the first film was so great, but there was such this span of time between the first one and when they finally you know, got the money to the next one that no one – it just kind of fell forced. It felt well, it forced, wasn't like get, Anchorman 2. It wasn't getting the money. Um, they always would make Zoolander 2. It's just that they realized that – sequels were working and so they started making sequel like Ghostbusters and that was a disaster and just all that stuff but I think that Zoolander um, yeah we had had it we liked it we weren't asking for another one um, Anchorman 2 however I saw I in like the theater one. with you liked Anchorman yeah. 2? I thought yeah. it was a bit I say derivative but a lot of things are derivative in Hollywood just there was too much of callback on a joke to the first one like the the, the street fight was a bit more oh god you know that was so funny that's the ghost of stonewall jackson and a fucking minotaur <laughs> i mean thomas middleditch and i saw an advanced screen of that and i fell out of my chair i was laughing i so didn't hard. hate it i just it felt like it depends on your expectations too much time between stuff yeah um but i thought they did a great Job, but Zoolander 2 didn't. It wasn't, it kind of, you know, you really have to kill it with, it'd be interesting to see this next Ghostbusters um, because it's with all those original guys, but how long has it been since the third Ghostbusters? So it'll be interesting to see what the deal is with that, but I just feel like people, I just, if people have been saying this forever, but I think people don't really want sequels. They'll see them, especially if they're good. But so the the next two things I'm in are are just totally original properties, and I just can't see my. That's why I'm like everyone's like, well, don't you want to do a third dead? I'm like, no, man. I did already did five years of Deadpool. Like I'd like to give people something that's new. And they strained your hair too. I know. I I also uh, it took time to get used to my that hair idea. for the first. Yeah, I I, I um I straightened my hair for the last thing I did was Drew Barrymore too. It's really funny, and I have a butt cut. Oh, the cuts to your your butt. Sorry, a butthole cut. <laughs> <laughs> Market. It'd be so funny if they just randomly showed TJ's butthole. <laughs> yeah, but with but with a little straightened haircut on it. <laughs> it's a compliment. I've, I've it's a compliment. Which one is this? So, I is think that I know. Twenty one. Yes, I think I know why you said Kate doesn't care Can for I taste it. Yeah, on? you said she didn't care for it. It's because it's peated. You're getting a little bit more spit, or not spit. You're getting. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, so you spin these beforehand. So you're getting a We're bit, learning a, little bit a lot more, about this show, Dad. You, you get a little bit more smoke, so it's a bit smokier. Have you ever heard of something called. Yes. Kalio? Kalila. 
Kalila? It's from Isla. It's my favorite region. What's it called? Kala Isla? Cool Isla. Cool Isla. Yeah. Some guy told me, oh, you got to try this. This is as good as any Hibiki thing. And it wasn't. It was too peaty. But it was really, really – I thought the taste of it was really spectacular. There's this beautiful little tiny That's island. That's your favorite Scottish region. region. Yeah, region. yeah. So it comes from a small island off the coast of Scotland. And they've got – you know, me and my wife stayed there in a, in a cottage in the hillside. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's, I think, eight distilleries on the island now. I know they're building more. But Kulila's on the north side. Kulila is another pronunci- pronunciation. Yeah, that's what he called it, Kulila, I think. Yeah, so it's, it references the island. The island's called Isla, and it's uh, um, the smokiest, peatiest known region. Everything is just just but that, just this. But I mean, this, this one's really got some kick. Yeah. Ah! Got some this way, and it's a lot stronger than the You're not much of a drinker, them. right? <laughs> Not, I mean, I'll drink periodically. Were but you ever much of a drinker? Not, not a ton. Just never found an interest in it. I'm, I'm half Jewish. I, there's really no. I think we're affected by alcohol uh, different than some sure. some different groups. Really? So, Genetics. Yeah. There's no like, uh, you know, Elijah's, you know, uh, Morty's there's you know, ale house. On here there's Elijah's no like Morty's crazy. ale house. Or, you're you're known you know, for delicatessen. Elijah's far. tits and suds. Like there's yeah. no, you know, tits and there's suds. no, there's no. <laughs> I would love to go to Elijah's. <laughs> I finally got to write it. I finally got to write up there. Uh, no, I'm just saying. I I don't know. I think uh, turtle tits I'm a lightweight. and dick suds. I'm a, I'm a lightweight. That's really what it is. Sure. Yeah. So I'm, cocktails. Then you're not much of a. You're a mixer. Yeah. 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 Well, you guys brought something today. What's the seed? I don't even know. If really, and I will say. So I tasted a little bit of the old Hibiki 21, and it's um, it's it's really really good. It's not as good as the 17, but it's Com- really good, and I think that. Kate actually might be open to that one, but you're right. Was there? A, what is it? Is it? You say that the peatiness so is the smokiness. It's, it's what, more, why is yeah. it smoking? So what they do is the great thing about peat is it takes um, literally thousands of years to produce this. What they do is you have these landlocked regions of, of grass, these fields of grass that don't get any erosion, and what happens is, is the grass dies, and plants will die, and, and animals will die. And they don't fully decompose before new grass grows. So over mm. time, you've got the slow decomposition. So there's some decomposition. dead venison in this stuff. Yeah. And so for every 12 inches, I think it's a, for every foot you cut of peat, it's a thousand years. Wow. So they'll cut. What they My do God, is they have this they cutter. Run, are they going to run out of it? So there is discussion about peat bogs being run dry. But what they do is they take this L-shaped cutter and they cut out logs of, of what looks like mud. And they dry it out for six months, and they make fire out, firewood out of it. It's basically like a brick of coal. It's very flammable. They get all the moisture out of it, and they smoke. They set it on fire, and they burn or smoke barley with it. So it gives you that that smokiness comes from the peat that took thousands of years to develop. So for every pour in this glass, it takes literally thousands of years to make what you have in front of you. It's an interesting historical develop. Like the history behind it is pretty yeah. interesting. And it's a slow process. So, and I, I heard all the bottles they use are SOS bottles that washed up on the shore, recycled. Yeah, yeah recycled yeah. SOS bottles, which takes, and you got to wait for those too because those don't come in all the and time. And they, what they've been doing actually is they've been taking Syrian refugees and giving them bottles and just placing them on islands and letting them sort of send a hel- SOS bottles out, and then they use that to bottle the peat on purpose. Yeah, I, we're slowly I, sort of <laughs> destroying the earth for a delicious sip. of Habiki That's 21. where Habiki sins. There are old bottles. They send them to Syria so that they can <laughs> so give they them can false hope. Back. Yeah. You know, and I think it's also the bottle. 
for Hibiki. The, the bottle is one of the coolest. Bo- it Agreed. might be the coolest. We have a reserve at our house. We've got about 10 bottles. Wow. And uh, there's actually a secondary market for them. Which is where I bought these. Yeah. So in Manhattan, so we, I think the bottles that we have, some of them appreciated about $300. Yeah. I can't even believe it. Yeah, I was telling him. So but I don't know that I would ever sell them. $650 for this one and 450 I think, for the 17 That's, that's more How'd than you Diet get Coke, the four, I'll tell you really that right got now. the 17 for 450 Yeah. Where? So essentially, uh, listen, I know that a lot of people are too busy for Facebook, but the Facebook whiskey world is the black market for literally anything you need. And I'm not breaking any news. I know it's like don't talk about Fight Club, but um, we – uh, there's there's groups you can go to where you can buy and sell and trust people. How do you know it's authentic? So it that's comes, sort of what he was just about, right? So it comes sealed and and people are verified. So uh, if you've ever seen, so there was a guy a few years ago that was caught trying to, uh, I think it was a year and a half ago, trying to um, counterfeit bottles. And what happens is a lot of these bottles, like this one here, this pappy has a code on the. On the bottle, a, bar, a, a laser engraved code, and like mm-hmm. the 23 has an actual written code on it. Uh, oh, if something gets bought and sold, people get caught. And usually, what happens is, is there are some groups that have very few people, maybe maybe 150 people, maybe a thousand people. Wow. Then there's the big group that has like 45,000 people. Well, unless someone can vouch for the person you're dealing with, they may just take your money. And so it's a real, it's a dance with the devil. To sound cheesy as hell, but that's not cheesy. There's a reason they say dancing with the devil in the pale moonlight because they don't want to say. Tickling the turtle <laughs> cock. I knew it was going there. <laughs> Just find a way to force it into any conversation. I mean, those I turtles find one. a way to force it into the other ones. <laughs> so what's the seed lip stuff you brought? Okay. So seed lip is what to drink when you're not drinking. Mm. Is that the slogan? And seed lip, yeah, it actually is. And seed lip's really interesting because... I'm interested to try it. Um. Basically, he started to realize that they had distilled spirits um, according to uh, not for alcohol, but rather for um, uh, for herbal remedies. Oh wow! Things like that. This smells intense. It's it's pretty intense. How so it's it, meant how, how it's meant actually this? to 2019. Uh, it's meant to. And um, I would let it. Age and this a is garden. So they have a spice one. They have um, they got a couple different kinds. I have some thirty five year old seed lips. This is actually made from it. peas. Seed lips a good name for cash phrases. Yeah, <laughs> you I can know, do something right? with seed lips. Um, distilled yeah, homegrown hay, handpicked sweet peas, and garden herb distillates. Um, non alcoholic, no sugar, no sweetener. Wow, that's cucumber grass. Tastes like. Um, well, I like that. It's pretty good. So, so is I don't it, even think I've had this one. So what you do with it is you would have this with tonic, or they you can mix cocktails with it, but it just doesn't taste like. There's just nothing like it because it has been distilled. Here, can I'll, I see it? Of course. I mean, I don't want to be mean to you. I'm not going to tell you that you're fucking speaking <laughs> block letters like an old pig. <laughs> <laughs> I speak in Times New Roman. <laughs> Go to Helvetica. The uh, no alcohol. No, wow, this is so. It, I hate to to. It put, tastes great. Do you like it? I, I, I do. I, it reminds yeah. me of like a refresh. My wife likes to take these glass filtration 
pitchers and age like not aged cucumbers but put a bunch of cucumbers and it sure, kind of sure. tastes like a cucumber water almost like a yeah. but a more fragrance more floral and, and what's nice though is it it's weird but it has the consistency and the texture of alcohol that's why i think people like it and it hasn't totally caught on in manhattan yet but people are starting to get behind it and i like it because it's a little refreshing too. Yeah, I wish there was more of it because you know, non-alcoholic beer is usually terrible. Like we've only found a couple of non-alcoholic beers that are great. So what I drink instead of any kind, when I'm not like drinking and I want something that's like a beer, oh, you already have some, but you love I think it. It's actually. weird they call it non-alcoholic beer because really it's it should be called beer for alcoholics. Is the only one drinking it. That's great. Is alcoholics trying to wean He's, themselves exactly. off? Exactly. Yeah. No well, one would drink people, it unless they're alcoholics. Some people. Or like, I want to have a beer, but I don't want the liquor. I don't get that because I don't really like beer in general. Pretty much alcoholics drinking. But that is a very funny joke, and that's true. And um, I think that the thing is, is like when you go to a bar, you want to order something, and you don't want to order a Diet Coke or something Mm -hmm. like that or a ginger ale. Like, that just sounds like a child, you know? So... There, there are some non-alcoholic beers that are getting better, but I love the idea of this because when I go to a bar and I'm not drinking, I have uh, bitters and soda, and that's really, really good, but you can't make a cocktail with that. This, you could. You could have a seed lip martini, and it would be very refreshing, a little vermouth. I never understood the uh, – I know a lot of people who avoid alcohol simply because of the they're trying to lose weight, but with whiskey, it's – They'll say they'll only drink clear alcohols, but but brown alcohols are no different than clear alcohols except that they're aged in a barrel that doesn't add anything more to it. No, there's a caramel. There's a sweetness to it. So like gin is only 190 to 100 calories for an ounce. Vodka is about 110 calories because I I, I have to cut weight for work. Sure. So So you can do that on whiskey. I've done it. But whiskey has a little bit more. It's it'll be it would be like 115 or 120 calories. It's fat free, carb free, sodium free, sugar free. And we're just talking about calories. I know. Fuck calories. We're talking about nutrition. (laughs) Okay. So so no. You're talking about cutting weight. Right, right, but but if they're they're complete empty calories, I look. So I did a. a now you can burn through them faster than other stuff. Alcohol is actually pretty easy to burn through, but if if you're like let's say when I am drinking, if you have five double gin and sodas, you can't drink gin and tonic because tonic has so much sugar in it. Does it really? Oh yeah, um, this guy. <laughs> Um, most, look, it's called whiskey neat, not yeah, whiskey and tonic. Right? That's right. That's right. That's true. <laughs> um, but if you have, you know, if you have five double gin and sodas, that's a thousand calories. So to, you can't burn through that. That's that's half of your daily intake for. So that's why it's so hard to cut weight when you're drinking. Are there any calories in pee? In urine? Yeah. So if you drink five, yeah, and then you immediately. I got pee really, it up. I got really fat one Christmas just drinking piss. No. Piss nog. No, My parents make piss I'm, nog. I'm just saying, you may not be able to yeah, burn through it. Down, down, piss nog. Unbelievable. No. This seed lip is delicious. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm being skeptical. I, I've lost. You know, I can, I can quickly lose 10, 15 pounds. Uh, switching to a liquid diet so to speak. And so I'm, I'm a big. You obviously do it professionally. Uh, I, 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 I like so to. You'll, you'll not eat, but you'll just drink alcohol. Like I'll have a breakfast beer. And then not eat until 4 p.m. and be okay. 
and lose weight because beer fills you up, right? So yeah. I know people listening to this and thinking, what the hell? No, no, no. That's very interesting. I mean, when if I'm cutting weight, I will do sometimes if I want to have drinks, I'll replace dinner with like three or four gins. But that's all you can do because that's still sure. 400 calories. Sure. What you're supposed to do is eat a lot in the morning. But I'll pee a lot out too. can do. Because it's a, it's a, what do you call it? Um, when you drink alcohol, it's a diuretic. diuretic. Right. So if you're peeing out a lot of those calories, you're not burning through it. But I'm thinking, you know what I mean? Sure, it really works like that. I don't know. It's it, it makes sense after I do a few enjoy, drinks. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm swallowing. You're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, exactly. And uh, that's actually then that would be the moment for a, a joke about blowjobs. Yeah, well. write it down. So I want to go through one thing with you guys before we have to go. It kind of flew by, but there, there were going back to catchphrases. There were a few things that and we can, we 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 really did, but we we can stay a little bit longer if you want to, because you're right. We've been pontificating. So you do your thing. We'll just relax and seed lip it out. I'm a huge fucking fan of this. This it's very is the refreshing. O- this is the only one I haven't had. I've had the other ones. There's the spice one, and then another one. But this is the I like it. this is the um, th- this was their original, and I just absolutely really like this one. Well, I want to get through. I've got a Glenfiddich thirty. And, yeah, let's get into uh, that. And I wanted to try. I want to taste these oh, old yeah. so ones. Oh yeah, this is from this is from gracious uh, just after God. prohibition. This bottle here is from 1930, 1933, I, I op- or 43. Yeah, 43. I opened it with Tom Segura when yeah, he was God, here. That's like, oh, that's, I, got, I got a question. Did you, the two of you drink all of it? No, no. So Matt Fulcheron was here. They did the same Matt thing. Matt Fulcheron is so funny. So <laughs> I think he was a bit... Um, um, toinkered. 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 Yeah, toinkered. Listen, I'm glad you're on your yeah. on the ball. But um, Tom mentioned I'm a huge Your Mom's House fan. They're their podcast. And yeah, Tom, Tom mentioned he's a whiskey guy. So I, I reached out to him and they were chartering a bus and so he couldn't he couldn't make it in for the show. But I took this over there and kind of tasted through a few whiskeys. It's it's just it's old 1940s rye. <sighs> I and mean, that's before I was born. Yeah. We had yeah. 48 states and, and before we hit the moon. I mean, this this is a really, really special bottling. <laughs> Oh, that's a great sound. I had a, um, a professor in college who was drunk every day at class. He would he would have whiskey. This is really exciting. He would drink whiskey during class. I'm sad to even have to spit it out, but it's very exciting. No worries. Finish your seed yeah. lip, and we'll okay. come back to it. Okay. Yeah, don't drink. Don't don't do this. This is a rye. Isn't whiskey the seed too. lip great? Yeah, it's very good. Cheers. This is yeah, really absolutely. exciting. Because I'm a big fan. I'm actually as big of a fan of the history of alcohol. I'm obsessed with Prohibition. I, growing up, I would watch that Ken Burns documentary like every couple months. Baseball? It's like a junior. Yes. Yeah, yeah. that's a good one. And, and I just I, – I learned all about Prohibition. I was just fascinated. So the culture of alcohol is almost more interesting. I always thought people should be more into the culture of alcohol and less into the alcohol itself than people are into the culture of marijuana – and not as into the marijuana itself. Like sure. that's changed now, marijuana, because it's legal. There's so many different strains, all that stuff. People also used to have Rastafarian. Check out my new bong, man. This is so it was exciting. about the accessories, about the lifestyle. So fucking dumb. And the, and the, the history of Bob Marley, it's about the music, man. And alcohol, more people should know about 
I mean, I didn't know that peat thing, and I know quite a bit about alcohol. So, so this and what's the name of this? This one? is rye. Okay, and it's it's no longer made anymore. But this is Old Shinley Straight Rye Whiskey. Wow. And where did you get it? So I've got a. There's a, a guy locally. This looks like something you'd find on a, on a pirate ship. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a real nice old bottle. So it was distilled in '36 and bottled in '43. So right after we got our ability to to distill again, uh, the U.S. after we got rid of prohibition, there's a guy locally named Michael Canfield who. Um, He's an energy broker. I, I never quite understand what he does, but he can get stuff like this. And so uh, I drank it with him, then then met with Tom and drank it with him and Matt Fulcheron. And it, it's just a fantastic little time capsule of history, which is what I like behind spirits is being able to taste something that's 80 years oh, old. Another in a time, yeah. yeah. Well, what do you, th- I mean, what do you think of that? Did you ever fantastic. even get another one of those? Um, I don't. I just not, can't, you can hardly even imagine. I've not seen another one on the boards. There's a lot of stuff you see on the boards, like you see Habikis pop up from a lot of time. This this one here, I'm not even sure. I've never seen this before in my life, and I was lucky enough to get a full bottle of this from '58, and that's a really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's just absolutely. That's really really something. <clears throat> Smells fantastic, and it tastes old. It kind of reminds me of like a dusty, yeah, yeah, real dusty and old. Yeah, that's really special. That's a compliment. I wonder if there's a lot of dusty and old. Right, is a compliment. So I call my wife's vagina. (laughs) Dusty and old? No, a compliment. (laughs) Jesus, you old bastard! How dare you call my wife's vagina dusty and old? It's moldy and new. (laughs) Yeah, that's not true. That's pretty. I know you're not into, but it's it's, yeah, it's great. It's really interesting. Yeah, I like that. I'm excited to. I think the taste of that one's pretty amazing. Yeah. So this is uh, so 43. That's 58, and I believe that is um, 69. Taste this one. Yeah. This is actually really fantastic. So this was distilled. uh, 58 is when it was bottled. So 14 years before that. What's that put it? 44. So 1944. This was during World War II. Right, mm-hmm. so, and this is pre World War II. Yeah, that was II? the beginning of World War II. Give you a touch. The end of World War II. End of World War II. Ah, listen, yeah, our, our producer's correcting us. 1945 was the end of World War II. Yeah, in your face. You were saying the beginning. It started in 1938. The fuck it did. It started in 1941 when we entered the war. Yeah, yeah. listen. Give me a little bit of <laughs> until we were involved. It didn't exist. Yeah, okay? exactly. That was still just Europe being a bunch of pussies. <laughs> oh my God. All right, so this is 1958 bottled. And I've not even heard of this company. Old Shinley, you you, you know, it's still, people are pretty familiar with the brand. Oh, my God. Holy shit, that tastes delicious. Now six years old, my grandpappy sat me on his lap and gave me a spoonful of whiskey. And I liked it. And I've been drinking it ever since. That's what my uh, professor used to say every day at class. The one that was drunk in class. <laughs> sit and drink in class. And say would that. he drink and in say class? That, yeah, and he, he would say that every single day at some point in time. Right. And sometimes I'd try to prompt him. I'd be like, hey, so, you know, it was like a history professor. Like, Could he drink in class? So were you drinking back? Did, did you ever drink whiskey back then? Or did I, did it, uh, 
he'd be talking about World War II or something. I'd be like, so were were you alive during World War II? And secondarily, did you ever have any whiskey back then or anything? And he'd be like, when I was six years old. My grandpappy gave me a spoonful of whiskey, and I liked it. He, just, he would always make that sweet Yeah, the um, he was drunk. So yeah, he was. the original idea for the show, and I was telling Cash beforehand, the. I, I, I like being able to sit down and have a few drinks. With inter- the, the tagline for our show is uh, spirited conversations with interesting people. And obviously you've got – this hobby requires a bit of a better income than most, right? So if you're oh, yeah. Be, you know? So a lot of really interesting – we've had in here the head of uh, NASA's human research program, uh, Dr. Steve Platts, who's Jesus. responsible for getting us to Mars, right? Uh, making sure our human bodies can sustain the, the, the journey. What a dick. <laughs> Yeah. But <laughs> he has ever been said about that guy after he's he's responsible for getting us to Mars. Fucking dick. So he he's you know an interesting character to say the least, and he's big into whiskey. So I, I like the idea of of not just getting brands in, but getting in interesting. Have people. you asked him? Did they take any uh, whiskey to you know Mars or? So they've aged a few uh, vials of whiskey on the space station. I know what? that. Yeah, Ardbeg from Isla. Oh my god, which is not too far from Can you Kulila. Imagine. They were trying to see how it would be. If I it was can. What else are you going to do up there? <laughs> <laughs> That's where I'd start my drinking. You know what yeah, I asked so him? Uh, so he he told me that they've got this facility in Russia where they've got the windows to look like the night stars, like you're in space. Bunch of dicks. And they'll lock these people in there for solitary confinement, like it's the actual space station, to see how they deal with being alone. And they account for every aspect of being a human being except for masturbation. <laughs> I asked him, I was like, do you guys account for their mental health? Like, what, what do you do for their, you know, if you're in space for months at a time alone, they don't account for the sexual needs of a human, but, but rather. And, you know, that's a catchphrase. Masturbating in space is called space jacking. Is it really? It's yeah. space jacking. Yeah. That's right. And te- well, I so think tether pleasure. Tether pleasure. Tethered think, pleasure. Tether pleasure. I think that's when you masturbate while you're on the tether. Outside the, uh, yeah, because you can't do it in the, the, <laughs> the spacecraft, so you have to go out into space to jack off. <laughs> so that, that that reminds me, tethered self pleasure. <laughs> There's a list of phrases I wanted to ask you guys. Wait, if you so st- uh, yeah. I just got to ask. Yeah. So okay, do they? Are you not allowed to masturbate in space? They, I he he specifically avoided the question. <laughs> I mean, they probably just can't talk about it for public relations yeah. thing. But you must in PR. space have to be well, like you'd have to. You know, it's great. It's the you first can masturbate thing I do. a lot more in space. It's the first thing. Do. Weight to your penis. Yeah, it's the first thing I do. They they started by putting turtles in space, and it, just but they weigh too much. What I, what, I do, what I do when I'm uh, self pleasuring in space is I'll I'll just put my hand on the base of my turtle cock, <laughs> and if I, if I have my hand on the base of my penis, I just let the lack of gravity let the hand sort of float yeah, upwards yeah. to the top of the penis, yeah. and then I'll. So in space, you're really only doing half, half the, the work. work. <laughs> <laughs> Gravity 2, coming to theaters next <laughs> never. Oh, man. Now, just do 15 minutes of that, and it'll be the best dick joke ever told. I know, right. I got to just figure out how to get all the other space stuff in it. Okay, so you're going to say catchphrase. Yeah, so there's there's a bunch of phrases on the show. There's so many phrases on the show that it makes me wonder if you guys actually remember all these or if yeah. you know they, they bleed out of the mind a little well, bit. Well, Testis, I want to say I love this show. This is really, really cool. And, you know, you said Sean Evans is really good at what he does in Hot Ones. It feels to me now, looking at his performance on that show, he's kind of like baby puke that a dog took a shit in compared to your hosting abilities. Listen, so I appreciate you're really, that. You're really, really good. <laughs> is and that a compliment? It, you know what? I mean that as a 
That one compliment. didn't sound. As, it didn't sound like cursive when you said that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll say it a little bit more cursive. We've got you know the catchphrase. We've got to. And let me ask you. You might be able to figure this one out. A drunk uncle. What is that? An uncle that um, drinks. Oh, you're gonna let me? Yeah. You, That's a catchphrase. Okay, I was gonna guess what it was. Yeah. Well, what is it, an it uncle the, that drinks? Uh, the one that touched me at age eight. Oh. <laughs> at, you know, it's funny. You know, he's a whiskey guy because he said it aged eight. So he, he got it. So instead of age eight, he was like, I was aged eight years at that point in a in a barrel that my yeah. uncle used to put his hands in and fish around. He got right. it. The producer got Less, it. He's actually a drunkle. Yeah, Drunk, drunk, oh, yeah. I missed it. Yeah. Let's hear yours though. Let's yeah. hear yours. Well, you missed it because you made a great joke. Yeah. So, so I uh, wanted to ask. First of all, do you remember mentioning space jacking? Uh, do you remember Canadian handshake? Yeah. What is that? That's uh, masturbating with um, uh, maple syrup. Maple syrup. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, so, some of these I don't remember, but then when we talk about them, I'm like, my favorite yeah, is yeah. my favorite is Eclyptus Interruptus. Yeah. I, so I, I looked at that. T- uh, that's where you today. Interrupt an, uh, uh, you know, interrupt sex to go watch an eclipse. <laughs> <laughs> what is Febreze those peepers? Oh, that's I when you know that. No, no, no. It's uh, isn't it when you're cleaning your your you put Visine in or no? No. So this is six years ago yeah. on the show. Oh. Uh, it's a well, phrase used to send a message of disapproval to an individual and suggest that they refrain from giving you the stink eye. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. You better Febreze those I know peepers. The, I know the double – isn't there a double – or the double stink eye? Double stink eyes where you give it to them twice. Yeah, like you're yeah. super mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you better Febreze those peepers, buddy, when somebody gives you the stink eye. That's yeah. Every time my wife looks at me angrily – I tell her to Febreze her papers. Febreze her. That's great. Yeah. I'm going to start yeah. doing that. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So, <laughs> I've been looking forward to saying this phrase yeah. all day. Big hits, no tits. Yes. Big hips, no tits. No, big hits, no tits. Oh, big hits, no tits. Oh, you both forgot. No, no, no. I, I originated that and it was big hips, no tits. And then I think we got to a place where big hits, no tits was like a flat-chested girl who no. keeps topping the charts. No. <laughs> that's, not, that's not right. Yeah, it's pretty that's good, though. Not, that's pretty good, though. Yeah, what is it? I, so big hits is where you ask a band to come back and do an encore of their biggest hits but make all the girls leave. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> By the way, oh, six God. years ago, six years ago on that I one know. Well. That yeah. doesn't, you know what? That's just as funny today, but it doesn't yeah. play as well in this current political climate. Uh, it's yeah. still absolutely, I don't give a crap. This is my show. Let I people know. get mad at me. Um, bad farmer's market. <laughs> bad farmer's well, market. I, I joke a lot about how there's, nobody's like, that was a terrible uh, farmer's market. No one ever says that. Sure. So I know that that probably, you know, preceded whatever we ended up saying afterwards. I think it's funny. No one's ever like, don't go to their farmer's market. It's well, terrible. Wouldn't that just be like a grocery store? Well, no, you call yeah, it a vending a, machine. Yeah, a vending machine. Oh, a vending, vending machine is a bad, bad farmer's thing. market. That's really yeah. funny. Yeah. Because everyone, when everyone, when they want to cop them out of town, they're always like, they got a great farmer's market. It's like, what are you, why are you even saying that? Nobody's ever criticized a farmer's well, no, market. Also, when you're in town, you don't usually stop at a farmer's market. Yeah. I got to yeah. be honest. So we have a farmer's market in Union Square right near where we yeah. live. And, and it's not great? You get, no, you become snobby because on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I think it is. No, maybe Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday or something. And it's only, but some, 
farmers come out to only certain days. So I've said out loud, ah, the farmer's market today fucking sucks <laughs> because the tincture people weren't there or something insane sure, like yeah. that. The people that you want to be there. Yeah, yeah. you got to get that sleep elixir. Or whatever. That's yeah. the stuff I got. Yeah. 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 There, there's a uh, – we're, we're trying to pitch a show idea to Netflix. We filmed something uh, about a month ago through our farmer's market. That's good. They need content. <laughs> so, yeah, they're, they're definitely hurting. Hulu's killing them. Um, Joe Coy's ran out of specials today. <laughs> Uh, pouch cream. Pouch Say it again. Cream. Pouch cream. Pouch cream. That's what you put in if you're a kangaroo, right? You put the cream in the pouch to keep it lubricated so you can slip your little qual in and out of there real quick. <laughs> pouch cream is Cash's personal line of lotion for plastic surgery enhancements. The entire reason why Cash started the podcast in the first place was to move this product. <laughs> well, I think people should have pouches. I don't understand people having uh, surgery right. done. I don't think they should have sur- oh, I say yeah, this on stage periodically. He says that the plastic surgery should be adding a pouch to your stomach. Or, or tail, just something useful. I don't understand having something that makes you look better. We're going to get old eventually. But do something useful. Have a pouch installed, you know, and then, you'd, you'd, of course, you'd need A zipper cream. somewhere. A I zipper, mean. yeah, because pockets are one of the most – I think – Pockets are the most disappointing thing that humans have ever created. Why? They're not reliable. Things fall out of your pocket. Its only job is to keep whatever you put in it. And sometimes things fall out. Oh, I fell out of my pocket. Sometimes. The fact that you can even I've, say that. I'm wearing a chore coat. It means that it didn't do its job. It has one job to keep your things in it. And half the so time, uh, fell out of my I pocket. Know, I know he does get angry. And also, Makes me he's angry. right. I was about to say, I work It's a very simple coat. invention. It Kate should be foolproof. Sure. Shouldn't it? It should be Kate, foolproof. Well, they, they should all have zippers on them then. Well, but but so that's also it. how I feel about zippers because zippers break constantly. Yeah. I don't like suitcases, right? <laughs> we just get into the weirdest <laughs> so, anger. It's this hole of anger about ridiculous things. Now, I wear a chore coat, which has four pockets. But it's true that I'll bend over. I'll trust often, half my pockets. And my fucking phones fall out of these top pockets. Yeah. The, this is the most convenient thing. I just put it on speaker yeah. and talk. And I'll bend over and yeah. they, they just go right. And I don't know if you guys know this, but I wear a pair of shoes that have two small toilets on the, on the toes. And so I, whenever I lean over, my phone comes out of my pocket, goes straight in the damn toilet. And Kay goes, well, why did you get different shoes? I go, why don't you get different toilets? <laughs> Fucking turtle dick. <laughs> I think I, I think if I made a lot of money, I've always said I would I would definitely get new socks every day. I would wear new socks every day. But I would also pay someone to go to the bathroom for me. Wouldn't that if, I don't know how you but why are we having to go why have we not it's figured out a technology? We're still going to the bathroom. Why do we need to still ourselves? go to the bathroom? There's gotta be a way to not have to go to the bathroom. There's gotta be like a pill you can take. Do you really know, do you not like going to the bathroom? It's ridiculous. It's a waste of my time. I, it's I, annoying. I have the kidneys and the bladder of my yeah, it's three annoying. year old daughter. It's, it's annoying. It's incredible. There's no annoying. reason we should have to go to the bathroom at this point. We should have figured out a way where we I, need the to only thing that. I find irritating about the bathroom is in Manhattan you can't use anyone's bathroom. Yeah. Are you happy there? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, so I I mean, I love. I'd rather live in Denver, I guess, but not even, not really. It's the greatest place in the world because you remember, you got to remember, like, ultimately, I'm a stand-up comic, and my wife is an artist. And if you're that in Manhattan, it's like that's the top, that's the pinnacle. Area. It's like sure, g- doing comedy in Manhattan is like being in the Olympics every night. It's unbelievable. Ari Shafir's there too. Yes, and he did. He went for the same reason. That was this very like um, – uh, he went for the same reason, which was this very uh, 
who's he went he went for the same reason which was that there's this very specific thing about being a comic in Manhattan which is you can become great much more quickly than anywhere else and it might be impossible to become a truly like <clears throat> one of the all-time greats but he's <clears throat> he's really incredible but i do three to five shows in a night on a weekday i tour every weekend and i just like the city i hated los angeles i just absolutely hated it um and i like denver because i'm from there because i'm from colorado i hate texas so there's that whole aspect of it it's very honest of you two uh, more and i know you guys have to go no i think that's great and i want to ask you about acid reflux sure oh do you have a little bit right now no but you do how do you know so when you're burping, which you do fairly frequently after you did I have I burped? No, but you do you do these ones. Oh, you notice I did that? No, no, I, don't no. Even, I didn't even notice I did that. So I'll tell you what. Oh, on the show, you've seen on the show. No, so you you drink so much whiskey, which is part of your and literally it's part of your job. Sure. How how few people can be like, yeah, I drink a lot. I got acid reflux. Oh, really? Well, you should drink less. Hey, buddy. I, don't tell me how to do my job. I don't come down and slap the turtle dick out of your mouth, all right? Uh, but I think that um, I was wondering, do you take Zantac for that? Because the acidity of the alcohol mixed with all the things that I do for work, I have an immense amount of acid reflux. So I wanted to tell you that mastic gum, okay? Because a lot of people take Zantac and they take this Pepsi AC and all that sort of stuff. But if you ever sort of – if you're burping a lot, if you have – sort of heartburn, any of that kind of stuff, um, take this stuff called mastic gum and take it before meals and also before you order drink. Order it online or? Yeah, you can order it online. You can get it at a lot of health food stores, but I would just order it online. I don't have a lot of heartburn, but what I try to do on the show is I try to eat before the show because of how much we consume. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I find myself burping on the show and I just try to, you I know. I think that's great, but e mastic gum would make you stop burping help it with that? up, burp dog yeah. style. Uh, M-A-S-T-I-C? Yeah, M-A-S-T-I-C, yeah. All right, I'll check it out. All right, two more, then we got to go. Uh, <laughs> uh, chivalization. Chivalization. I would only think that it's a society where... Very close so far. Okay, it's a society where, <laughs> like prisoners, everyone has a shiv. Yeah. And if you if you do something to somebody, the the only legal repercussions is you just shiv them. That's that's 100% correct. I love it! <laughs> we were talking about this today. There's a couple of things. And I feel like because is this on ESPN, it's a whiskey thing. We are not in danger as much as we used to be. I think sometimes... You know, no one is in danger of getting beaten up really anymore, unless you're in Texas. It's it's just this thing of like, hold my know, gun. You you go. What's that? Hold my gun. Hold my gun. <laughs> Everyone's right? got open carry license here. I know, but you know, if you have a gun on your belt, people won't fuck with you, and so that's like one of the only gun control NR like pro NRA things that I sort of understand, which is it. It's like the Wild West. If everyone had a gun on them and they could legally defend themselves, kill them, kill each other, they would stop. People yeah. would really, really chill out. And I think a lot of women. We were talking about this. You know, women in the sort of early primordial days. It's like you know a big part of why you wanted to hang out with a guy was not just because he. Um, had a good sense of humor and a steady job and he was dependable. It was turtle because he could, as well. yeah. yeah, because of his gigantic turtle dick. Um, 
I, I, I just want to say, I don't know if the stats would back that up. I, we, we don't have time to do gun control discussion, but sure. I don't know if the stats would back up that every single person carrying a gun would be Well, we'll be, never know would, because would be they'll never be able to do sure. that. I, I had a bet I with wanna, someone. I don't know. So we, we enacted a law here in Texas two years ago, and I had a bet with someone. He goes, the moment they let us open carry, it's going to be the Wild West. And I said, I don't think anything will happen within the first four months. And I'll bet you whatever dinner you'd like. Yeah, I, and we didn't have a single I, open carry incident. Yeah. yeah. Nobody, they don't. And that's even, not a pro even if, or even if you're dr- Even if you're drunk. Okay, let's say you're drunk and you're in a fight with somebody and both of you have guns on you. It's, it's going to take a lot to pull your gun because that means you also could die. Yeah, it's Kasha a very specific agree. thing. It's a very specific I, thing. We don't have time for this. But, okay, well, what, what we don't have time for is for me to say that women used to be in danger a lot. And so if you could protect them, I just think they didn't complain as much back then because if they were going to be killed by another person <laughs> and you could protect them, then they wouldn't be like, why don't you take your shoes off when you come into the cave? You're walking around everything that you've got on your feet outside of the cave. You walk in here. You're tracking it all over the dirt floor of the cave. I just don't think they were doing that. I think they were more often going, thank you for killing that take man those who's hi- trying to eat me. Take those hieroglyphics down. They're not appropriate for this Yeah, cave. that's exactly right. And you know me. I speak like I'm writing in hieroglyphics. <laughs> and that's meant as an insult. <laughs> all right, last one, and then we can get out of here. Nine-foot milkwink. Oh, boy. Cash, I'm going to have to defer to you. I mean, nine foot milk. Some of these you say, this is why I like them. Some I'm like, what in, sorry, what in the turtle cock name of Jesus fuck could we possibly have been talking about? So do you have any recollection? I, I don't remember. Yeah, no worries. It means the act of squirting milk out of an eye, a useful skill to have for lawyering, bartending, and pressing dates at carnivals and feeding babies. <laughs> no way. Yeah. yeah, it's it's it, you know it's it's Nine unfortunate you can only wink. squirt milk out of. I think it's a very useful skill that women have that they can periodically have milk in their in their bodies. And the only way we men could, don't have that, so we would have to do it through our eyes through or some other eyes. way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. What about more ways? A nine foot milk wink. What would a three-foot milk wink be? A third of that milk wink? Well, actually, it has to do with it happening in space. So let, gravity would affect the distance. Gravity would affect the distance yeah. of the milk winking. Yeah, I don't know why I went like this when I said that. but Because you were kind of talking about the uh, <laughs> the space jacking. <laughs> it really comes down to space jacking. The seed the lip's seed become lip, my chaser. It's but like I, I got to say, I think for cash, the seed lip is the winner, right? Now, I've, I've really only tasted all this stuff, so this is this J.W. Dant, yeah. Kentucky bourbon, and this is from when? The 1969, 60s? yeah. Jesus so bottled crazy. in 69, distilled in 67, 65. Warhol was just entering the second phase of his career in 1969. Thank um, you. Like, this has been incredible. I, I, the show is going to air as soon as Jack can knock it out today, so I this, appreciate I, it. We hope people will come and see us. If you, if you if you hear it, come see us Sunday night at the Improv here in Houston. Was it te- Texas? Texas. Yeah. <laughs> Houston, Texas. And uh, it's Cash Levy, also pronounced Levy when he's on Shit's Creek and without a paddle. And... Um, no, but so we, we've we've had great shows. I, I did want to say that too that this we came here kind These of. Crowds are fantastic. Yeah, we came here without really any, um, uh, I guess, expectations. I didn't think it was going to be bad. I didn't think it was going to be good. Explosive crowds, amazing crowds, explosive, and tonight's all sold out. Yeah. So I think happy these are people, be explosive. happy people. We find to be happy people. Your, your club here in Houston, the Improv. 
has low ceilings, perfectly laid out for a 450-seat venue. Is that how big it is? Yeah, and it's so it feels intimate. intimate. It's yeah. really, really spectacular. So you guys are lucky to have that. The crowds are amazing. And, um, yeah, we'll be there uh, Sunday night, and we're definitely going to be back. Um, cashing in with TJ Miller is the podcast it's on iTunes and we'll mention soon to be the on show. Himalaya. Yeah. Oh, that'd be awesome. yeah. yeah. Soon to be on the app Himalaya. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's, we've really had a good time. Yeah, here. Thanks for saying, having us. This is a great Thank you so much show. I'll this just really pack was up a spirited, all this whiskey and this was a spirited conversation with two interesting people. <laughs> and I was glad to be here for that. <laughs> and I mean that as a compliment. <laughs> all right, guys. Cheers. Well, let, me get, let me let me let me put something in the glass. Oh, let me yeah. put something in the glass. Got to have something yeah. in the glass, otherwise it's bad. Uh, you know what? Let me give me, let me see that Tawakero. I haven't had that yet. Seed lip in it. Let's do it. Tawakero, Texas. Oh, this this tastes amazing. Oh, it's really good. So this is a bit funky, Texas whiskey, brand new distillery. Chunky, funky. Hold on. Oh yeah. Give seed a little lip bit in of a heavy pour there. Mm, that seed lip, you can really down it too. Oh, dude, I could chug the hell out of seed lip. All right. Eleven. Last one. Oh shit. Write that down. Here's, Cheers, guys. Here's to all the women in our lives that we keep out of danger. <laughs> <laughs>